This week's episode is brought to you by Ad Trend Outdoor. They are the largest locally owned outdoor advertising company in Kansas City. If you're thinking about a way to promote your business, buy local. You'll speak to the same person throughout your campaign. In addition to billboards, they do banner printing and mobile billboard trailers, plus those cool inflatables you see on top of buildings. Their boards stretch all the way from St. Joseph to Harrisonville and Edgerton. They're always looking for new locations. Billboard campaigns come in a variety of terms with options fitting all types of budgets. NSOs use them for our billboard and they're fantastic. If you'd like more information, call 816-283-0600 or visit them online at ad-trend.com. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Arts and KC podcast presented by the Northland Symphony and brought to you today by Ad Trend Outdoor. I'm John Coster. This is Jim Murray. Hey, everybody. Lots to get to today, so let's get right into it. Concert for Jim's coming up fast. It is. I mean, we probably should maybe apologize for our, our little hiatus, our extended small, break here, our small, small. little break. Um, and it's simply because we've been busy doing stuff. We're very busy. Very busy doing stuff. But we are back on it. Hard to believe it's number 14. But yes, we are um, getting ready for concert number four, uh, which is on Sunday, April 15th. Wow, season's almost over. I know. Already. It's amazing. Um, and uh, it's going to be great. I'm super excited about it. We've had our first couple of rehearsals, and um, uh, the big major work, uh, Tchaikovsky Swan Lake Suite, which is just massive, but super fun, and a great cello concerto, and one of my all-time favorite overtures. So um, you can hear much more about all that on the concert cast that'll be posted week of the concert, right? That's right. April 16th, Staley High School. 15th. 15th, sorry. Yeah. Staley High School, 3 p.m., so yep. back to our normal times yep. and places and all that fun yep. stuff. Yep. Concert cast will be out uh, the week of. The other big It's thing, easy to remember because April 15th is tax day, but right. this year your taxes aren't due till the 17th, so you can come and enjoy the concert and not have to think about any of that. That's right. And in honor of tax day, you can make a tax-deductible donation. donation. That was... That wasn't even pre-rehearsed. That was spontaneous. That's why John and I do this. That's right. Uh, but yes, and, but but let's be clear. That donation would be for your 2018 tax well, return. Of course, of course. Yeah, you're not, not, yeah, we not, can't, yeah, right. Yeah, we can. <laughs> if you're trying to le- trying to leverage a big tax bill by giving us a lot of money in April, we appreciate not, we appreciate gesture. it, but it's not going to help. But it will help your tax bill in 2018. That's right. Um, other big news, um, and I'm hopefully I'm hopeful that you've either yes. seen this already on your Huge email, news. big news. That's right, or Facebook or whatever. Um, the Young Artist Competition, presented by Alpha Graphics Downtown and the Northland Symphony, has been finally announced. We teased yes. this a little bit on a previous episode. Um, we were now ready to give you all of the details. And the details are, um, if you live in Clay, Platt, or Jackson County, yep. and this year you're are a in... freshman, sophomore, or junior in high school, right. you are eligible to audition. And if you are fortunate enough to win or come in second or third place... If you win, you get $2,500. That's $2,500. And Pause. That's remarkable. Yeah. That's, I think, some of the so close to the highest prize money in the area. I have that's not right found anything there. higher yeah. or even at that so level. So thank you so, to Alpha Graphics. Yeah. That's a big thing. And you also, that winner will also get to play with us at our first concert of our next right. season, 2018-2019. That is why seniors are not. Right. Um, so the auditions are taking place in May. Mm-hmm. And if you know somebody who wants to audition, all the information's on our website. Um, I think the deadline to get the form in is it's, early it's May. May 5th. Yep. And auditions are going to be on May 19th. Right. You can go to northlandsymphony.org slash YAC. 
Young um, Artist Competition. That's right. Uh, to get all that information. Uh, second place, you get a thousand bucks. Third that's place, amazing. you get five hundred bucks. That's amazing. I mean, it's yeah. it's. There is not anything else like this in the area, um, and so we really do need your help. If you know of teachers, with studios, the if Absolutely. you know the students that would be eligible, there's no, there's no penalty. You're right, right, <laughs> right for 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 auditioning right. and it not going great or anything like that, right. and so. <clears throat> Um, yeah, it's going to be great. We wanted to redo this competition on a very serious scale and attract a large talent pool. And because of Alphagraphic support, we're able to uh, to do that. So we are very excited. Yeah. It's always been a big part of our mission. And yeah. I think uh, it's great to have it is, back and yeah. it's great to have it at this level. So. All right. Today, for our main topic, uh, this one's been requested actually multiple times by people over the course of the last few months. Um, and that is to kind of give a behind the scenes look on how kind of the Northland Symphony operates in the sense of um, beyond you know, just showing up on a Sunday and listening playing to a concert. Perform. Yeah, I think most people assume there's rehearsals and there's a concert. Um, but if that's all there was, there would be no concert because there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. You ask any conductor and they will tell you that 75% of what we do happens off the podium. Yep. So, so uh, we thought we'd give you a little insight into that today and then, uh, then we'll get into picks. So we'll be right back. So, behind the scenes, Jim, give us all the dirty details and secrets. I want, I want some gossip. <laughs> um, I don't know about that, um, but uh, I can talk to you a little bit about the scope of some things that fall under my role. Some of this is what the board does, and a lot of it, as most people probably have assumed, that we all work together on everything, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, so I think if you're the average concert right. goer... You, right. you you have a, a limited understanding. You yeah. can make assumptions, right? Yeah. Like they have a concert. Yeah. They probably practice for yeah. said concert. You'd hope. And that seems to be all that they okay. do. There's a table with some fancy stuff outside <laughs> and some very nice people that, that well, smile and well, hand well, out Well, programs. let's start with this because I know um, sooner rather than later you're going to start harassing me about this. But it all starts with a plan for the season. This and so um, probably the first thing I try to identify is concert weekends. Um, you know, when... We're going to have our concerts. Obviously, we gravitate towards the same weekends every year, but, you know, Easter floats and moves around, and that affects us. And once, once um, we also have to be cognizant of some other things going on in the area. Like many of the orchestras in the area, we share personnel with some other ensembles, paid personnel. And so, you, you know, conflicts happen, but you try to avoid them because they would lose a good amount of income if they lose one right. of those and they still, And they have to pick. Yeah, they have to pick. Right. And so... Um, you know, that's in there in the equation. And of course, then it becomes, you know, getting confirmation with the venues, which is always challenging. Um, the high schools are always busy. Um, and, and obviously they book their stuff first. And right. so then we come. And high schools and that. districts in particular in school districts are the cream of the like, those are their primary event locations. Absolutely. You, know, you don't see a lot of events at elementary school. Right. Always that, at high school. Right. For right. that reason. Yeah. Now, with that, since we're going to get into the details, is that we also have to have a COI, a certificate of insurability for each venue that we use, be it um, rehearsal or concert. So not only do we carry um, liability insurance in general in case something happens at one of our events, but then our insurer, we have to then say, okay, this year we're at Staley, we're at Pine Ridge, we rehearse it, you know, so that we get that right. document and the high schools require that so before they can finalize and book your booking they need to have that on file so there's a, an element that the board and i have to work together to make sure that that takes place from there we create the rehearsal schedule well same issue um i can't rehearse in the public schools on columbus day or martin luther king day or days when they're not in session 
So I have to, you know, our rehearsals are on Monday nights, and we generally have um, five Monday nights and then a Saturday dress rehearsal for our regular concerts, and then four or three for our Pops concerts. So you got to lay that out over the course of the year. Um, you get that figured out. Um, and then um, I would say the other part of the big thing that I spend time doing is personnel. So, you know, we really have three categories of players in our orchestra. We have our paid principals, our professional core, as we call mm -hmm. them. We have community members, and then we have student members. Um, you know, conflicts happen. So if I have a, a member of my paid core who is going to be out of town or has a conflict with the concert, they'll normally let me know as soon as possible. But then I, I, I have a, you know, a sub list of people I like to work with with other instruments that I will start right. going through and try to fill that position for that concert. Um, for the community members, um, for all members, as you know, because you play in the group, if you're going to miss rehearsal, things like that, I want to know, not because I'm like, you know, checking up on people, but, you know, um, it will affect the way I do rehearsal, right? If I have like three or four community members that are going to be gone out of the woodwind section and I was planning to do a lot on the woodwinds that night, I will do that a different night. Um, right. Well, and like you said, you said five rehearsals, but a lot of times the two of those are, are string two rehearsals. Two of those are string rehearsals only. People like myself, percussionists, brass, woodwinds, you don't that's need only to be three. There. Right, really, that's right, only right. three. So if we're, if, and for, and I, and I don't, you know, I'll be the first to, to say that this might be something specific to me because one, I'm a very auditory, like, as far, you know, I was Suzuki trained, so yep. I'm, I'm all about the ears, not yep. so much about the, the eyes and the, right. the music, but, and then, be and because there's so many rests that I have to spend yeah. a lot of time listening. Yes. Um, it is your burden of your right. instrument. <laughs> well, and so what that ends up meaning, if, if there is a part or piece missing, like a tuba player, for example, right. or a low That brass, you're used to hearing. Or that I don't understand, you know, right. that, that, or timpani too, a lot of right. times will be in, in, in concert with, so to speak. Um, yeah. Or, in, you know, uh, if, if they're not at a rehearsal, then I'm listen I'm hearing everything differently. differently. And so that's when right. I do hear it differently, right. it can actually throw me off. And Absolutely. It it, um, and I think that's true for most people, not just auditory. I mean, I know you have an auditory background, right. but I think even the people who do tend to count a little bit more <laughs> regularly, you get used to hearing certain things and it confirms what you know and what you're doing and how you're doing it and all of that. Right. So, I mean, yeah, so yeah. I, totally I totally get the idea of yeah. You know, one one person missing can well, throw off a And to that sound. point, I will actually sub out for an individual rehearsal. So if I have a principal player who has to miss a certain Monday night, I will try to find somebody to fill that spot for that reason. Right. Even if they're not going to play the concert with us, they'll just come in, a professional, and do it. Um, you know, now for the community members who volunteer their time, stakes are a little lower. Um, and also it depends on the section. If you're one right. of, you know, 12 violinists, I don't feel like I need to replace you for a rehearsal. If you're the only tubist, Right. I probably need to replace you, but for them... For percussion, we can usually cover each other. Yes, if, right, if somebody has to miss. Yeah. Um, but primarily, mo I, would, I will say this, that most people play most people play all of our concerts. Every so often they have to sit out a concert for a reason or whatever. And most people come to every rehearsal, unless, you know. But I generally, I have to, I mean, because of, of what you just said, one of the reasons, because of what you just said, I do have, I do have a, a policy for community players, and if you miss, you know... Really, you can miss one rehearsal if you need to within a sequence for the big concerts, right. and and then that's all cool. Um, you miss a second one, then we have to start talking about, well, maybe you want to sit this concert out and you come in the next one, just because we're moving at a pretty fast pace with this rehearsal right. uh, sequence. Um, now, planning the season and the program, the picking the music, then John's going to be like, Jim, I need to do the season brochure. So, and and here's here's the truth of the situation. I will never get it to John early enough. 
True. He will always want it sooner, and I will always want to do it later because that's just the process. Right. The more lead time marketing has, the better. And sometimes I'm like, I just I haven't found that one last piece yet, right. which is frustrating to me. And I and and the problem that John realizes is, and I've talked about this when we talked about programming. I can't just. I can't just sit in my room and say, today I'm going to spend an hour and I'm going to do this. Right. That would be great. Then I could be like, John, yeah, I'll have it ready for you at 2 o'clock today. Um, sometimes I, I guess I call that forced creativity, and I have a hard time doing that. Now, I generally am always thinking of things, um, and I kind of outlie it, but there's always that one piece that I can't figure out um, that kind of delays things. But you know, well, and, and, to the, and to your point, and, and we talked about this when we did our last episode previewing the Hellsberg stuff mm-hmm. and the Kansas City they have – you know, I mean, Hellsburg or not Hellsburg, the Harriman Jewel Series yep. obviously doesn't have their own venue, so they're working with other they venues. They have the same issue. But they're working with venues that specifically do what it is that yes, they're doing. Yes, and they have a long-time relationship right. with them. And so they're able to... They're not competing with high school bands. Exactly. So they're... Right. Or, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or... Or, or the or musical. Music, or, right. Yeah, right. competition <laughs> yeah, or whatever. A, right. right. And so the... Uh, the the lead time that they are able... You know, they've already got their stuff right. for next year, and we, right. we're not... They, right. You know, we're not there yet. So... Right. Um, and, of course, the other part of this is, you know... If I'm going to use a guest soloist, right? right? I have to make sure it works with their schedule and engage them. Um, obviously, you know, we're going to have to pay for all the buildings that we use. Um, we don't get anything for free. Um, we pay rent for rehearsal. We pay rent for concerts. Um, so, you know, we w- I want to make sure that I'm using all that effectively. Um, once the season's kind of planned, then I've got to make sure I have access to the music. You know, I borrow a lot. All of us borrow a lot for free, right. but we do rent music that's expensive. We purchase music that's expensive. I was going to ask, and I, and I didn't, I didn't warn you. I was going to ask. All right, let's go for it. But the what would what percentage of our annual budget would you say that like the paid musicians take up roughly? Because I think I think for most people that donate or consider donating, right. or when we're talking about asking people to donate, assume that that's really the expense. It is. I think it's the highest expense. I, and I do think it's the highest. I just couldn't, um, I, can't, I can't remember either. Uh, it's got to be close to half. Yeah. Don't you think? I was thinking like 35. Yeah, then you would probably be the next one after that. Yeah. Um, and insurance and kind of the business of Right. There's, of a, there's a lot of like death by a thousand cuts yes. when it comes to expenses. I think all that, non-profits experience well, that well, particularly. Right. Yeah. So when we talk yeah. about like, yeah. you know, we're not talking, you know, obviously the paid part of our, our our orchestra is extremely important, not only to the mission, what we talk about, right, but, right. but to the quality of the yeah. ensemble and all that stuff. But sure. what you're talking about with venue, we're talking about yeah. with marketing expenses, printing expenses, insurance expenses. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, you know, there's been a lot of talk about this and, and I, I was telling somebody about this the other day that, um, the, I, w- I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but a high percentage of what we collect goes right into our mission, right? They always talk about those nonprofits, right? How much goes to overhead and yeah. co- and how much actually goes into the mission. And you see that kind of, I know they have ranking systems, and you see it more for the social services. You know, if you yeah. give so much money to this right. charity, how much of that is actually going? And I feel like we, I mean, we we have very little, you know, we have no paid staff. <laughs> you know, so all of this is done, well... Yeah, we have we have, um, we have one paid staff. Right, we have one part time, part paid very part time. So much so, I don't even think of it as paid staff. Apparently, but <laughs> right, I mean, but just to be to, right, to, yeah, to, yeah, to be yeah uh, which but is new this year. It is new. and very, but it's really essential for us to be able to do it. It but, is, and but I think, it's so minimal. Well, and I think, and the reason, and this is probably good, another good insight into the, the behind the scenes part, and the reason we've been able to survive that way is because of the way the board is structured. Yes, this is and a I working board. It is very much a working board. They don't just give money and meet four times a year. They stuff. Programs, they do mailings, they work concerts, they advise me on all kinds of 
of things. Yeah. So I mean, the, the they do podcasts. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They do marketing. They that's do all right. sorts of stuff. Um, and and we couldn't exist without that. Right. And I think and I think for us at least, and every every nonprofit's extremely different, but yep. especially younger non or, or smaller nonprofits, I should say, the the board of directors does a ton of hands on. Behind hands-on the scene, work, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially for an organization like this where the focus is all on the, you know, the orchestra. Yeah. So when you come in and you get a program and a smile and you're, you, right. know, you get a piece of chocolate or something on the way yeah. out, that those are board members yeah. um, helping us to be um, as, as professional as possible and, and, and put the best show on. Yeah, you know, and it, so. it ranges from, you know, when I think about the range of what the board does, I mean, everything is important. It's just varying degrees. It could be, you know, I know we have a board member right now who's finishing up a grant, right? And that's super important. But then it's also me saying, hey, we need to get Cindy flowers. Right. And a board member saying, I'm on it. You know, I mean, that 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 needs to happen, right? right. And it's, you know, um, I know we talked a little bit about this with programming as well. Um, but I will mention that not only do, in addition to renting music and purchasing music, that... Uh, just because you run a piece of music, you aren't allowed to perform it. And so we do maintain membership in two licensing organizations, which, of course, we have to pay fees to. Um, but then there's also some management from that. I have to provide them with my programs because they want to check up. So now, thankfully, in this day and age, we can just upload them and off they go. Um, and so, you know, a lot of my operational concerns are um, venue, schedule, personnel, um, music. But all of this has to, I mean... I just I, I have to do this all within the confines of the budget. I can't just be like whatever, right? So right. I mean, there's that partnership there with, and it's, and it's not oversight. I mean, I know where we're at, and, and I'm given this is your rental budget for the year, blah blah. And, and I think from our history, I've been very thriftful because that's just kind of how we've operated, and I think that's a good thing to mm-hmm. to to save money whenever you can. Um, but uh, you know, I think the other things. I mean. Well, I think from a board standpoint, I can speak a little bit more yeah. from, the, from the board standpoint, you know, as far as the things that they're looking towards in addition to doing all kind of the day-to-day yeah. stuff that needs to get done, which is a lot, you know, there's a lot of accounting that needs to take yeah. place at a professional level, yeah. I, should, I should say, not just making sure that we have money in the right, account. Right, but doing our turning in our 1099s, our 990s, getting all that right. stuff. profit and loss statements, yep. balance sheets. For all know, the board meetings. Right, making yeah. sure musicians get paid. Yeah, um, writing checks. Exactly. There's, you know, there's a legal side of it to make sure that when we do things, we're doing things yep. In a way that is, to the best of our knowledge, um, yep. above above board and all that kind of stuff. There's financing side on the you know dealing with like you said budgets and stuff. There's a fundraising side, grants, says, you know, fundraising how we, events, right? How do we talk out to yeah. you know reach out to donors? Um, there's marketing PR stuff, which is basically just a party. Um, <laughs> that's what now. That's what uh, obviously John handles quite a bit of, and um, and it. But I mean, that's we can have the best product in the world, but if, if we can't get our message out there and people aren't coming. That's. I mean, there, all of it is equally important. I'm not going to say. It's well, and it's. And I would other, say it's. A ch- you, and for nonprofits, I mean, this is my day job. So I mean, it's not. Right. You know, it's not something that necessarily. But the 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 difference with nonprofits is you're not selling a service. Right. <laughs> right. You're especially when there's no ticket to be sold. Right. At, at the event, you're saying you're spending money to bring people right. in to watch a free to That's basically right. buy a free product That's which right. means it's all it's a very weird thing for a marketer to yes. to be doing yes and i have um, met many people who who come from the professional world of marketing that really struggle yeah. with this because they just it, it's a complete right. marketing is all about return on investment yes. and these people come Ooh, in roi and, right, you went they, there and they all come back in and you know we obviously want them to donate yeah. but at the same time we 
to, to be core to the mission, that's right. We would be a one hundred percent okay if everybody walked in and right. we sold out Staley and everybody enjoyed it and had a great time us, yeah. and left right. without giving us yeah. a dime. So we are looking for an underwriter to make that happen. <laughs> if you right. have like an endowment it. of a million dollars and you'd like to give us the interest off of, we will be take that happily. Right. So you know, I think. Um, yeah, so I mean, if, if, so if we didn't cover something, I think I think it's a pretty good overview. Yeah, I if think we, I feel like we've hit most all of them. Yeah, but if you think like, oh, you know, I was always wondering about this, feel free to let us know and yeah. we'll, we'll answer that question for sure. Yeah. Um, especially about all of like Jim's vacation time. And his, and <laughs> My his leisurely lifestyle. structure yeah. and all that kind of Wait, stuff. Wait, there's a bonus structure? <laughs> Never mind. I do uh, not get a bonus structure. <laughs> Right, because that wasn't obvious. Um, <laughs> you just want to make sure, to make sure on the know. record, there is no bonus. If you don't structure. use your rental budget, you get to keep the, it. The, <laughs> the smiles that you get from the elementary school choir children, that's your bonus structure. You know, that is true. And there's and some, actually, maybe we should touch on that. that. That alone, the logistics for that concert mm. by itself is vastly different. Oh, my gosh. That's all hands <laughs> on deck. Every board member is involved. We always have great choir directors, but, I mean, it's co- it is a coordination and like it's like an art, and when it when it works, like it's been, it's an art, it's like it's like a ballet. It's well, an surely art almost everybody that's listening to this podcast is either involved, has either yeah. been involved on the side of like being a teacher and educator yeah. and seeing ha- car yeah. duty. Oh yeah, yep. at an elementary school, or has a kid who's and had had to pick up during car duty or seen buses. Right. So you understand the yes the logistical nightmare of a whole bunch of people showing up for one thing, elementary and school then leaving, children. right, yes. and then everybody else you know shipping and twice, Saturday. For most and of you who are listening to this. Imagine that then at downtown at the Hellsbergs. Right. I think that they're right. You Now, there's a special shout out involved, I yes. think, for our concert coordination committee, yes. operations committee, because they we were told yeah. by Kaufman after that yes. that they had never, never seen, seen something run so, so smoothly. smoothly. And this and is where they bring all the children for so many concerts and right, stuff. Right, so right. So the, the, it's a very high compliment. It's a very high compliment and a testament to the staff. And I would say a lot of, a lot of what the... At most, I think, in a lot of professional environments, this is a situation. But I think what a lot of the board does, and the the beautiful thing about the Hellsberg concert is we had the all the experience of the holiday concerts. Right. And really, you try to anticipate, right? It's about anticipating where the problems are going to be and being proactive to anticipate it and making sure it doesn't happen. And I think the Hellsberg concert, not from all, the entire operation, children, everything, yep. was a testament to a really great concert committee crew, things running smoothly, anticipating. And then... You have to be flexible when things don't quite... Right. Right. So you, you've anticipated all these things, and then the one thing that you didn't anticipate happens, right. and you've got to be flexible and make it work. And that's, that's really... That's a skill set that's valuable in any environment. This is true. So. All right. We'll be right back with uh, Casey Pitts. Time for Casey Picks, Jim. All and right. you have chosen a very cheery subject to start us off with as your event. Oh, are we, <laughs> are we doing that we're, first? Doing that first? We're not going to end there, so okay. let's start okay. there and, and get cheery. Um, well, so, some people may know this, I don't know, um, about uh, my area of my work, uh, but uh, outside of uh, my work with the Northland Symphony, um, as I, obviously I teach here at Maplewoods, and and the heritage uh, and, and yes but um and yes and <laughs> <laughs> but and I don't necessarily want to get into the whole story of how I got into this topic but um back in the day when I was a student and stuff I was exposed to um a piece of music by a composer who was interned in a concentration camp uh, during the Holocaust and you know it was at a time in my life when I was in school and I had other priorities but it really stuck with me um the piece of music and so when I got out of school and actually had time to do things that of interest of my own 
um, I actually started to do some researching of this topic because I was I was very much um, I couldn't answer the question about orchestra and concentration camp, right? Like concentration camp it brings up images of the worst of humanity, uh-huh. and then orchestra is this Western refinement of European history and people drinking wine, and right. So how that could exist in there was really fascinating to me, and that might be a topic we want to talk about an, another day. Um, but as a result of that interest in my research and just I became in, involved in some groups in the area. And uh, this also led me to redesign my curriculum here at Maple Woods. So in my music appreciation class, when we do the 20th century, we actually do um, music as propaganda uh, during World War II, music in the ghettos and camps, um, music written after World War II about World War II, and then actually we go right into jazz, which works really well, and then film score. So that's my final unit. Mm-hmm. Out of that <laughs> came an event that we do every year on campus, which is a Holocaust Remembrance event. And it's every April. This will be our 15th year. And every year it's different. So it often features performances of chamber music that were written in the concentration camps. Sometimes we pair it with poetry. We do interdisciplinary uh, collaborations uh, with art and drama. And it's, it's really been fascinating to do these every year and to, to present them to the community um, in that way. So I would like to uh, use for my event for this one to invite people to come to the event this year. It's on um, Monday, April 30th. It's at 6.30 p.m. It is at uh, Maplewoods Community College, and it is free. And this year's event's actually a little bit different. It's actually what I would consider to be a major work. It's a work written, um, it would fall in the category of written after the Holocaust, about the Holocaust. It's a work called Annalise by James Whitburn, and um, it's based on Anne Frank's diary. So that's something many people are familiar with. Many people have read segments of it. And so it is a work for choir, instrumental group, and soprano soloist. Uh, There are actually two versions of this. One for a much larger contingent. We're doing the smaller one. And so it is a chamber choir. It's going to be the William Jewell Choral Scholars, conducted by Dr. Tony Maglione. Um, The soprano soloist will be Nicole Murray, um, someone that we know very well. (laughs) Surprise. Um, And then um, the version we're doing is for piano, uh, violin, clarinet, and cello, um, and it's about seventy minutes, and that's all we're doing. That's the only, that's the right. event tonight, um, and um, it is you know it when I so I'm coordinating the event. I'm not playing. I thought about playing clarinet, but I, you know, when you have too much to do, kind right. of thing. So um, I'll coordinate the event. But when I um, got the approval and all the you know we were getting things, I reached out to the musicians that I wanted to use for this. And so I, when I do that, I normally, you know, send here's the dates and here's the compensation. But I'm like, here's the work. I sent them a link to the work. Uh-huh. And um, all of the, of the professional musicians involved, I, every single one of them without talking to each other was like, oh, my gosh, this is an amazing work. Wow, we're really excited. I mean, normally, I mean, when you hire people, sometimes it's not like, hey, we're really excited to do this, but they're very excited to present this work. Uh, One of them was like, you know, I'm really hoping to do this, but I might have to leave a rehearsal a little early. I hope that's okay. And it was, but I mean, to have that kind of, you know, when I pick out music and, and I think it's something that's quality that needs to be presented, you know, I still like to have that confirmed by people I know and trust. And so it was just really nice to have that feedback. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, um, you know, it's, you know, these events are never, I mean, they're, they're educational, they're meaningful. Um, but I think um, uh, this, this event's a little bit different in the sense that we're focusing on this one major performance of this work. Um, and it's going to, it's going to be, um, I think, uh, a meaningful evening for those who can attend. So uh, uh, Monday night, April 30th, 6.30, 
um, at Maple Woods Community College, and it is free. Sounds good. So what do you got? Well, I'm not going to take quite as long um, <laughs> to go through that because I don't have the personal connection. Um, but the KC rep is doing Sweeney Todd. Have you seen Sweeney Todd? I have not. This is So this is one of those those uh, shows that I know the music more yeah. than I know, the, you know, yeah. kind of like Hamilton, I guess, yeah. although I probably know Hamilton better. But I, I saw a performance of this, and I'm not sure if this performance is going to do this, but there's a, there, is a, there was a touring production where most of the cast actually plays the instruments. The pit orchestra is on stage. They, they're in the back of the stage, and then when it's time to be their character, it was very fascinating. Interesting. The piano players would just kind of slide off the bench and take over <laughs> from each other. It was very cool. I don't know if that's what you're going to encounter with this one or not. Right. Uh, the, like I said, Casey Rep is doing it, and it's on now. Uh, um, it's okay. going through April 13th, so there's a couple weeks left okay. to uh, to do it. So if you're looking for, and it's kind of a dark story, it is kind of so kind of we have but a great theme music. Today. It great is music. I like that's that's what yep. drew me to it was the fact that I knew of course a lot of the it music. did John <laughs> that I feel, that I knew a lot of the music. So I think you know a lot of times if you if you know the music, it's just like anything. If you know mm-hmm. a little bit of it going in, you catch the familiar themes. It makes it easier mm-hmm. to enjoy for the first time if you haven't seen it before. Um, but would definitely, uh, you know, I know the rep does some good stuff yep. out there, so would definitely recommend it if you're looking for something to do. And as I was looking around for stuff, I noticed that the calendar's a little thin. Yeah, we're kind of entering that time of year where. So yeah, the, but so it's nice to have something that's a you know uh, theoretically a good um, yeah. a good show. So, I think for a lot of people, May is really tough. Like we try to stay out of May because graduations, and you've got Mother's Day and Memorial Day, and you've just got a lot of. Calendar time eaten up. Yeah, a lot of a lot of events that aren't necessarily art driven, right. like a lot of holiday yeah. events and mm-hmm. just kind of life events. Stuff happens. Yep. So, uh, for music, I'll go first this time. All right. So as you might recall, Jim, a couple different times, <laughs> um, I've mentioned uh, Muse. Yes. My fondness for them. Yes. I think it, back in episode three, <laughs> I mentioned they came out with a single. Yeah. Um, and guess what? They came out with a new one. Wow. And a new, it's a, awesome. new, a new single. A new single. All right. Um, and apparently they've said that, so they're working on an album, uh, but they said that they are, they might do five or six singles in between um, total, depending on depending on how everything shakes out. So, because they don't like doing more than 10 on an album. So okay. if they've got extras in the can, they'll just release them. Why people are still doing albums is a whole other conversation. Well, that's, time, that is. At this day um, and age. But you know, I think, I, well, I will say, and at least in music, I won't speak to that whole thing. Subject, but in Muse's case, they do tend to storytell. Right, right, right that's right. I remember with, that. Yeah, yeah. Right, with, so that with so serves a little bit more of a purpose. Exactly. Right. Uh, so, anyways, this one's called Dot Contagion. Um, it's I I like it as you might have guessed. Um, and been listening to it a lot. I will say it it is one that I've liked progressively more as I've listened. The mm. first time I was like, okay, it's all right. And I'm not there for yeah, my favorite. There's always stuff like that. Yeah, but I've listened to four or five. I've had meals like that. Yeah, four or five dozen more times after and, and you know, really. First stuff. couple bites, you're like, huh. But yeah. then what you want? Oh, I just need a little bit of that sauce. <laughs> I need a little special sauce on there. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so this is what happens when we go <laughs> way too long. The um, food picks are next, yes. Jim. Just okay, all right, all right. Uh, here's a little uh, uh, taste of the taste. <laughs> <laughs> a sample of news. Jim, what do you got? Uh, so I'm going to move us to the world of jazz. 
And to a performer whom I've been a fan for many, many years, Diana Krall, K-R-A-L-L. Actually, she's married to Elvis Costello. Um, Did not yeah. know that. Um, I've been a fan of hers for longer than I thought, actually. Because <laughs> um, I, when I looked up the album, I was going to talk about Yes, yeah, thank you. That's the other way to say that. When I looked up the album I was going to talk about today, it was released in 97, which was yeah. shocking to me. But uh, she's been a consistent um, a jazz pianist, singer. Um, I've seen her live, which was also uh, wonderful, and still producing albums and on a regular basis. But the album that I'm going to um, talk about is uh, Love Scenes. Um, and there's a couple things that I think make this album particularly great. Um, she, uh, she is a fantastic uh, arranger, singer, songwriter, uh, pianist, all of that. That goes without saying. But the bass player on this album is Christian McBride, and he is one of the best in the industry, and he has solo albums of his own. And, you know, so when you can put great people together to collaborate, mm-hmm. psh, and um, All or Nothing at All is the track, which you're about to hear, that not only features her singing, but it's a really, it, it really highlights Christian McBride on, on a stand-up bass. And it's, the bass playing is phenomenal, the song's phenomenal, so um, that is my pick. So All let's right. take a listen. All or nothing at all Half a love never appealed to me If your heart never could yield to me Then I'd rather have nothing at all All right, Jim. Now we can talk about food. All right. And I understand that you've got a North Kansas City I do. cow eating establishment. <laughs> well, so I bet I bet many people listening to this have driven by this restaurant many, many times. I know I have. And has, have I drive by it every yeah. week. So on Armor Road, it's um, 1019 Armor Road, but it's at the corner of Armor and Lynn, kind it's of across, right across from, from the, the Quick Trip. Yeah, 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 a little down from there from yeah. the park, police station. Just was the 35. Yeah. And it is um, this tiny little square of a building. I bet it probably seats 25 people in there. And it's called Tay's Burger Shack. And they have a little sign out front about organic grass fed beef. beef. Right. Yeah. And so I drive by it a lot. And, and uh, you know, now that we're these established great food reviewers, mm-hmm. um, I have food critic, critics. Critics. Um, I, am, I, have, I have some other, I follow some other people of similar nature who have spoken well of this. Establishment, so I'm like, gotta go. So my friend and I went, and we went there at 11 o'clock on a weekday, and I couldn't find a place to park. I mean, it was packed. We got to see a place to sit. Um, most of it is a lot of carryout. The people, it's just yeah. a huge line coming and going. Um, you know, went with the standard double cheeseburger, right? Fantastic quality of the meat really is incredibly high. Seasoned fries, great. They got. Bottled uh, sodas, if you want root beer or old school Pepsi, Diet Pop, Dr. Mm-hmm. Pepper, that kind of stuff. Um, prices are reasonable. Every, service was really great. I thought, you know, maybe due to the crowds and all that stuff that, you know, sometimes right. every single person I interacted with was friendly, um, welcoming, um, and it was great. So I, I strongly recommend it. I will have to give it a try. You, I think you will enjoy it. I drive by it enough. I keep yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. So. 
Uh, or my, get it to go. Pick it up to pick it up to go. There you go. Uh, my pick is you know Jim's talked a lot about pizza on this podcast. I have. And I felt a little left out. Do you have a pizza place? I do. And have, it, have I tried it? I don't know, Jim. <laughs> I'm so excited. How about I give you the name of it and I'm then you so can tell excited. everyone? <laughs> um, it's called Topped Pizza. No, I do not T-O-P-P know. T O P P apostrophe D. Where is it? Pizza. They have two locations, actually. One um, right next to KU Med, 39th and Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one they have is out at the next public market. So that's probably why you haven't been there. That is probably it's a little why. on the south side. Uh, the 39th and Rainbow, though, is not, not too far. Not too far. Um, but you know that it's really, really good. Um, I've had I've had a lot of pizza there, <laughs> um, and because I'm out at the the public market a lot, and so the, uh, but yeah, so they make you know they make all their own stuff, and I think that's that's a lot of the reason, right? So that you yeah. know they make their own dough. They have several different kinds of dough. It's yeah. it's got a flat, you know, um, you know, it's a flat, thin crust style, the way it um, should be, exactly. Um, but all their all their sausages are great. The pepperonis, you know, onions, all that stuff is made and prepped daily. They 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 uh, sounds like we need to go. They char their chicken daily, all that kind of stuff. Man, so, yeah. I think we should go. It's uh it's quite tasty. All right. I would highly recommend it. it and they got the their the their normal size is like a nine inch, which is like a perfect amount. Yeah, to like buy yeah. yourself. Yeah, you know, don't feel too engorged. I will tell you that I have found myself actually going to restaurants that John has recommended. As a result of this. And, as I told him, I am now actively finding new places to go so that I can review them on our podcast. Admittedly, so. I have done the same. I've gone to some of the places that oh, you have. That, crazy. So, hopefully everybody else is, too, because I think we actually have pretty good taste in restaurants. <laughs> if not, do we want to know? No, we don't. No, I no, don't. I don't. Right. You, you can criticize my music or event picks, <laughs> but I will not care what you have to say about my food picks. Um, uh, Okay, so that's Does it. That do this, it? That's it for this episode. Right. Thank you again to our sponsor, Ad Trend Outdoor. Uh, next episode, we are going to be talking about what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about one of Jim's favorite people, oh. Leonard Bernstein. Because <laughs> then we're then I'm putting because I'm putting a moratorium on it. I believe that. that was actually your idea. It was because I'm I'm we're we're getting it all out. I we're understand. Gonna, we're gonna I squeeze understand. the bottle dry and throw it away, Jim. Until the next 100th year anniversary, and we'll be back still doing this. Okay. <laughs> okay. See us Whatever in uh, 2118. Yeah. <laughs> Just think how old you'll be then. Oh, stop it. <laughs> uh, so be, <laughs> sh- um, be sure to subscribe and rate us. If you're listening to us on our website, we very much appreciate it, but it would be better for us and easier for you if you would subscribe on like Apple iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or something like that. It automatically lets you know when we have a new episode, and I promise that'll be more often than it's been. <laughs> um, and then you can also uh, rate us five stars, just like we rate all of these restaurants and That's music right. and events. You can you get our us. you get our five star choices. That's right, and we would appreciate a five star review in return. If you're interested in learning more about the Northland Symphony, of course, you can go to northlandsymphony.org, sign up for our mailing lists, our email lists. Uh, don't forget to go for the Young Artist Competition, northlandsymphony.org slash YAC. And we will see you next time.